Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, ESPN LA. It is uh, Thursday, May 3rd? Correct. Nice. All right, we are off to a good start. Uh, Andy, we we, we recorded a podcast last week and it just didn't work. There were some technical technical difficulties. difficulties. Uh, So this technically is our second playoff podcast. It is the first one anybody has actually heard. Um, Lots to cover in terms of what's going on in the NBA postseason, but even more to cover, Andy, in what's going on in the NBA postseason as it pertains to the Lakers. Because both, uh, two of the three, I should say, of the big free agent, potential free agent and or trade targets are officially out of the playoffs. Yes, they are. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Playoff P, Andy. Mm-hmm. Playoff P. That probably is one he'd like back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending on the game. Yeah. Uh, he, cer- he certainly did not, it did not, uh, focus group well after game six. No, really after game one, it was like playoff P. Well, game five, game five game was five, playoff P. Playoff man. P. That was playoff Well, P. the problem was also playoff R, mm-hmm. uh, which, which was a different issue, uh, which we'll get into. And then the Kawhi stuff is, is really popped up this week thanks to the article from, uh, it was Ramona and Michael Wright. Michael Wright. Um, very works, good. Great, yeah, well reported. His, and we're, and I know Ramona's been reporting on that for a while. So let's talk about Kawhi. Because that story was an interesting one. There was a lot, the stuff that I pulled out of it was stuff that we've heard Ramona say in conversations with her stuff she said on air here at, at ESPN LA. But that a lot of this was not, uh, what's been going on isn't necessarily San Antonio and Kauai. Pop and Kauai. It's San Antonio and Camp Kauai mm-hmm. and the orbit around Kauai. And, Ramona has always seemed to say that if once you get if you can get past all that stuff and just get to Kawhi, that there's a good chance a lot of this can be fixed. But at the the, the flip side seems to be there will be a lot of people who think that it may not be able to be, just given how weird this season was and the impact of that injury. Yeah, I mean, I I've long since been of the mind that pretty much anything in sports can get fixed. After you and I watched Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant have a successful second go around after a very bad split the first time around in Phil's book, you know, he literally wrote in a book about how awful it was to work with Kobe. Well, and, and beyond that too, I mean, it, it always it always amazed me how the part where Co- where Phil actually questioned the idea of Kobe being innocent in the sexual assault uh, mm-hmm. accusation, like you know that that he thought that. It, that he thought it wasn't necessarily past, you know, Kobe's character or beyond the realm of possibilities. That got so glossed over, and you know, and Phil actually apologized for that and said it was unfair. And you know, he it, it actually related back to a family member who had been a victim of sexual assault, and you know, it, it touched a really raw nerve. But they managed. But he to get still past, put it in a book, right, exactly. Like they managed to get past that, and we saw Kobe go on the radio tour demanding a trade from the Lakers, called Doctor Buss an idiot. That situation managed to get worked out. So I, after watching those two things with a front row seat, I've always felt like pretty much anything can get fixed. But having said that, Brian, you're right. What makes this most complicated isn't that it's a matter of fixing a relationship between a player and a team. It's, okay, wh- how strong are the influences around right. Kawhi and how much of this is really about what Kawhi wants and he isn't getting Versus what the people around Kawhi want, whether for Kawhi or for, or for themselves. themselves. And what, you know, the agent, there's just a lot of weird stuff with, you know, the agent that represented him. And, and, you know, it's, it's, if you haven't read the story, 
I put my microphone back. If you haven't read the story, read it. Uh, you know, we don't want to you know, go through the laundry list of stuff, but you know, the, there's weirdness with the agent that represents Kawhi, and that there's a lot of background stuff, there's instability in the agency. Uh, there's it's Kawhi's, basically, I mean, Kawhi, the it's eight, one guy, it's, it's it's the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like just, Jerry Maguire and Rod Tidwell. Right. I mean, the, Kawhi Leonard is right now the only qu- client of this like quasi agency. Right, and you know, then there's Kawhi's uncle who has taken a, a big um, a big role here. In terms of directing Kawhi's career, uh, and 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 by the way too, like with the the business interests of Kawhi's uncle Dennis, you know they they seem to be related to a business that Kawhi's aunt, his wife, has um, that sounds almost like an athlete finishing school. It's like it's like a yeah, PR, it's a PR kind of a PR. Learn how to be uh, an athlete in in today's modern media, right. which is by the way something that every major agency runs. They sure. run those types of. Sure, but I'm programs. just saying media, but, it's essentially media training. No, I, I get all that, but I'm saying there's that separate entity. There's there's just a lot his, of stuff. his sister running the fan if page you go and, back, and right. interacting with people. If you comments. go back to Dwight, um, that's who been is my, that has been my insecure, reaction. Right, if he's the most insecure time. athlete that I've ever seen. Um, if you go back to Dwight, there was always the perception of. Dwight's supposed to leave Orlando because Dwight is supposed to leave Orlando. And Dwight was convinced that he had to leave Orlando because I'm, he had all these people telling him, you're bigger than Orlando. You can't stay here. Even though it never made any sense. No. A, not to leave Orlando because the team was really good and it was built around him very well. But B, the idea of you have to go to the Nets who are awful. Right. You got to go to New York. You got to go to LA. You got to go some, you have to go somewhere bigger than here because here isn't big enough for you. Mm -hmm. And that seems, there's an element of that that comes through in, in the, the Kawhi will leave stories from, from, uh, from San Antonio. But the thing that the the wild card for me in all this is of of the, in the, how we got here, let alone how we're going to fix it. But in the, how we got here is injuries screw everything up. And the injury to Kawhi is a weird one. And it's just, it's, it's one that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I, I believe that Kawhi wants to play. I believe that the Spurs want him to play. I believe that Kawhi is rightly looking out for the rest of his career. This is obviously a big moment where he's got, you know, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars on the line that can be, Isaiah Thomas will tell you things can change rapidly. Mm -hmm. I also believe that the Spurs, want what is best for Kawhi Leonard physically. I think they want what is best for him as a person. They're not trying to use up and 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 grind him up and spit him out. They want him to be their franchise player for the next decade. No, they're not Tom Thibodeau. No. Uh, <laughs> so saying. I think everybody wants the same thing here. The problem is nobody can get what they want because Kawhi did, never felt like he could play. He always felt uncomfortable with the leg. And the Spurs are looking at it going, from our perspective, we, like, we think you're okay. We're trying, you know, we're doing, we're trying to be Well, they can't agree on what the injury is. Right. They can't can't agree on what okay is. And when everybody, when, when you have, everybody wants. They're diagnosing this team Kawhi and team Spurs very differently. They're treating this like very different injuries. And that's, and when you have also, too, that period of nine games where Kawhi tried to play, didn't work out, shut himself down, that's only going to exacerbate the right. situation that they can't seem to so agree upon. Nobody can get what they want and in, in a in a way that no answer is clear. And I think what that does is it just creates tension for everyone. Everyone is upset. 
Think about your own relationships. You have your wife, family members, whatever it might be. When when there is the the, the fundamental problem, which is Kawhi Leonard plays, can't be solved. You got, you know, I we got we have a mortgage problem. We have some we don't make enough money. Whatever it is, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't matter how strong the relationship is. The thing that is causing the tension, because you can't make it go away, everything seems shaky. And so I feel like if they got to a space in a month or two months where Kawhi was like, Okay, we got a reasonable form of treatment here, everybody feels good. I'm confident we can play, our doctors are lined up again and everything's like when July comes and they put, got to put the contract down in front of him, I feel like still he'll sign it. But I don't. But it, I don't know. It seems about that. shakier I mean, than it used to be. It, well, it seems shakier, but it also seems shaky that the contract's going to be offered to him. I mean, the, this Ramona Ramona has been pretty insistent that it's not a given the way it would have at least potentially seemed. You know, six months ago, a year ago, before course. it was it was before it was unthinkable right. that he would. That's what get, I'm saying. Right. And but like, and the, if I, you don't know, it's it's the super max deal that two hundred nineteen million. million over five years or whatever. So it's a massive amount right. of money, far more than he can get anywhere else. Right. But but the idea that it is a given that that contract is still going to be put in front of him doesn't seem it doesn't seem the same. You know, sort of fate accompli that it was six months ago, a no year question. ago, and that. But that also though speaks to the how complicated this is beyond health because they might still be having these problems depending on what the people around Kawhi want, even if Kawhi was 100%. So let's look at this. They might be convincing him that this situation isn't right for you. Again, like with Dwight Howard, there was so much about that that was right, and clearly Dwight Clearly, Dwight had people in his ear t- convincing him that it was wrong because what, the one person that never seemed to understand why he wanted to leave Orlando was Dwight. Was, was Dwight. And and what we don't what what we knew about Dwight then was that he was an insecure guy that he was easily influenced and he was all these other things. What we know about Kawhi is almost nothing. Um, you know, and like I don't want to make it like we don't want I, the. I, it's not like nobody really is questioning necessarily whether the uncle is also loyal to Kawhi or like, you know, that, that he's got that or that he's been around for Kawhi. No, he's been around for, forever. From day one. You know, he's been with, you know, and, and, and has looked out for him and all this. But my that doesn't point, mean my, he can't have self interest. He, he can't, though. of course. But my, I, I just want to say, I don't want to make it out like he's. Just I, popped in all of a sudden. Sven Gali, who swooped in and is now like, no, he's been, he's been, he's been in Kawhi's there life for a long, for a long time. time. But at the same time, you can ha- you could still be he could be thinking what I think is best for Kawhi also happens to be what's best for well, me. We have, people have these conversations about LeBron's crew, uh, if you if you want to call them that. Back when they really were LeBron's crew, uh, and people weren't taking them seriously as a management organization, that these guys were trying to create their own stuff and guide LeBron here, guide LeBron there, so that you know the Rich Pauls and the other guys who are are part of this operation, we get the ancillary. Benefits. We get the ancillary benefits, and and as we've learned that that is a full fledged business. <laughs> Turns out operation. the dudes around LeBron pretty are smart, pretty as good. it turned out to be. Um, yeah, but the, but those conversations when they were going to Miami, when they were doing all this stuff, that was part of the conversation. So whenever you have people around a guy. And, you know, I think if you're a guy, you need people around you that you really can trust and that, that you know are interested in you. Um, these, these questions get complicated. But if you look at it from the rest of the league, it, it brings up the question. Well, okay. If Kawhi is available, 
I think we can both agree you at least have to kick the tires on Absolutely. what it would take to get him. Every, every team around the league is going to kick the tires. So if you're the Lakers now, Kawhi, an available Kawhi Leonard wasn't a thing at the beginning of 2017, no. the 2017-2018 season, when we're talking about two max free agents and all the Kawhi as, you know, oh, but you could also trade for Kawhi was like technically a thing on the list. Well, no, people, he's technically a people would be, sometimes right. frame Kawhi as, oh, you could target him when he became a free, free agent. agent. But even then it was like, but not really. Right. He's not going to leave the Spurs. Kevin, I mean, Dur- right. Kevin Durant, also a free agent, but not really. Well, Chris I mean, Paul, also available, but well, not really. I mean, when you, when you would look to try to connect Kawhi Leonard with the Lakers, one of the reasons to me it always seemed preposterous was Kawhi Leonard seems like he would hate being a Laker. Yes. I mean, like, it's, it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot when, you know, when people start, you know, connecting him to the Lakers, start thinking about potential trades or whatever. You're not going to make this deal unless you have assurances that Kawhi is going to sign an extension. And maybe they get that. You sign the extension. You worry about the later, later. You know, I'm saying from Kawhi's perspective, but Kawhi Leonard has always seemed like somebody who would despise Everything that comes with being a, I mean, he probably finds these San Antonio media, you know, like two guys and Tim McMahon following around, like invasive. Too much. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I think on that respect, like this is, and again, this is where it starts to get kind of interesting because, okay, Kawhi isn't suited to LA. He doesn't like to talk. He doesn't want to be out in the forefront and all these other things. But, and when you are the franchise face of the Lakers, but what if he's not the only one? What if Kawhi comes as part of a thing where, LeBron arrives, and we'll get to him in a minute. Where playoff P is here, and he that that stuff looks actually, you know, the George stuff looks reasonably, you know, it helps. I, I still think you wouldn't like it, but it helps. But it, it, but it alleviates some right. Of so it. now yes. you have three guys. Yep. And Kawhi can be a face, and he can be one of the most important players. But he doesn't have to talk. It helps. It makes a big difference. And so if he's here by himself, and he's the only import, so that's one question you have to ask. Would he want to stay? The other question is. Is he healthy? Like, yeah. actually, what the hell's going on with the leg? Because you can't give up all the stuff that it would take to get Kawhi, and it should take a lot, and then have a guy who is half the player or 75% of the player or whatever because he's got this weird leg right, thing. Right, and it's really tricky, too, because, like, even if Rob Palinka talks with R.C. Buford and it's like, look, we need no BS. What is going on with this? And... Whatever explanation R.C. Buford gives uh, the Spurs general manager, however truthful he may he may be, one hundred percent upfront. And you have the, to be because I mean all these things go. You guys go right. through physicals. Like, you know, I mean, and all and also too. I mean, it, Lakers it, doctors it will look at kills them, your and, ability to make future right. deals. It, it kills they, your they reputation. Around teams the don't teams don't do that. Right. There's no currency. So let's. Thing. I'm just saying, R.C. Buford, one hundred percent transparent. It's also clear his one hundred percent transparent is kind of in the dark right now. Nobody knows. Um, all right, so let me ask. Let's let's put this together. Let me ask you this. All right, so we call up the Spurs. We're the Lakers. The Spurs ask for a starters. They ask for Brandon Ingram uh, and a pick. You say, if you're the Lakers, and you feel confident about you, Kawhi's health, I'm just Brandon Ingram and a pick. And you know what you know. You know what you know. You know Kawhi missed the season because of a weird leg thing. Uh, Kawhi's team, I guess, you know, there's no, nobody's talking about how he, you know, may never play again, but you know what you know. You right don't now. know when he's going to play. You don't know. You don't, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know what you know, and you know, you know? I, if I, they ask me for that, and the pick. Ingram and a pick. You're taking Lou Aldang. 
Wow. So you're already putting yes. conditions on it. I mean, that. first of all, you got to make, you, but right. You feel, but there are other things can flow if I, around. If Lakers doing, I don't think the Lakers necessarily way. have to take much salary back, uh, because no, they have I so much cap I understand, space. but I would say you're taking Luol Deng back if I'm doing this with uncertainty, particularly too, if it starts turning into, but there's going to be, no, there is going to be no such thing as certainty, really. You're not going to know about Kawhi's health until he goes out and plays. I understand. Year. That's why I'm hedging my okay. bet and saying I, I need to have more flexibility to add pieces around Kawhi if, say, he's 50% for the rest of his career. So you're taking Luol Deng. All right. And, you know, especially too, if San Antonio gets greedy, as I expect they will, and they'll want like Brandon Ingram and Kuzma. and Kuzma and the pick, and right? So on, and because so on. if you're going to be trying to match uh, packages that say Boston or Philadelphia, in theory, could offer, or maybe you know, I've seen like the Knicks maybe offer Porzingis, you know, something like that. You're going to have to ew. I'm, I'm not taking that. If I'm, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm saying, a little down on Porzingis am, though, because he I only am, plays 50 games. I a am year. as well, but Porzingis in those 50 games, pretty, pretty good. good. But but not as good as everybody thinks. Okay. But anyway, move on. Yeah, I don't want to go down right, this rabbit hole. I agree hole. with you. Neither one of us is as big on Porzingis as the rest. That of was the four, that was the 45 seconds for Ben Lyons. Okay, there you go. <laughs> ben listens a lot. He's our friend. But you're gonna you're gonna inevitably have to offer more than just Brandon Ingram in a pick if you're gonna match what the rest of the league but you, might but, offer. But you're already start. But at the very beginning, you're starting. If you want Ingram in a pick, you also have to yes, get Yes, and you're not getting him. That's and that's fine. But you 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 know if you're Rob Palenka and Magic that if before you even get to because the, the Deng thing is like okay. We, you want Kuzma and the pick and, and, and Josh Hart also. Now you have to take Luol yes. Deng. But if you're starting with that, then you're saying we're not starting there, but I know well, it's I just, where I'm I just finished. asked okay. you. Well, you know, I, but, I'm cutting through the chase. We're not going to do an hour. No, but, but, but that was like Ingram and whatever. I'm cutting and you through the chase. Okay. Yes. So if, what if it was, because I'm expecting that it won't What if they stop don't ask there? for anything else? But they, you're not expecting. I say Ingram and a pick and we're done. Double check to make sure I'm still talking to R.C. Buford. But, but then you say yes. Yeah, I would say yes. Okay, at that point, All right, yes, that's fine. I don't think it's a realistic. I don't think it's a realistic scenario. I agree with you because I think they're, they'll start to ask for right. more. But but yes, the totally unrealistic trade that you're putting out there. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, and then and so would you do when then when you when you start to add Kuzma and all that? Now you're, you're taking at, Dang. You're taking Dang. That makes more sense um, because if you understand, like you know why I was confused because like if you say. Right off the bat, well, you got to take Dang if you just want Ingram in the pick. You're not getting Kawhi Leonard. Well, again, you're essentially saying you don't, you, we don't, you, you, you're not willing. I'm just cutting to, to take the chase of where I know this is going. So there you go. All right. Um, I just the, the, what you give up is dicey. I agree. You just, I mean, I'm not. I'm less worried about the other. The the Kawhi doesn't want to. You know, is not an LA guy because I I just don't think he's coming by himself. You know, even if it's just Paul George, George can do most of the talking. If you still, he likes to talk. He likes it. You know, they'll still have a couple guys around. You know, Lonzo. Lonzo can no, do but, all but Speaking of Lonzo, though, I will say this. If you're the Lakers, you have, you have to be thinking about this. You already have LeVar Ball, who is a very intrusive father-slash-businessman-slash-career you know, manager for his son, you know, with a very outsized vision of what he wants, you know, for the other two. And apparently now uh, LaMelo is going to be the face of this new cockamamie league that he's starting. Right. You have to think about, okay, do I want another guy like that coming in with Kawhi Leonard's uncle? You have to be considering that because it's one thing to have family that's involved. That's normal. It's another thing to have family datagers and family, uh, you know, that clearly sees, you know, their player as the start of something bigger 
for their whole family business and all these different things. At the very least, you have to be thinking, okay, do I want two of these guys in my shop? You well, have to I, be considering I, I don't that. know. I mean, do we know if, if uh, Robertson, what's his first name? Dennis. Dennis Robertson is, is LeVar Ball. I mean, I don't know. If he's not, know. I don't think he's, gotta, I mean, he's I, not fame thirsty LeVar Ball, but he your, might be. You have, the, to do your due, way, you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your due diligence. And the way this has been reported, it sounds like he is as big a pain in the ass as LeVar Ball. He's just behind the scenes a pain in the ass. Yeah, so, again, you have to consider true. that. Um, I think it's irresponsible and naive not to consider it. We've look, already seen that the Lakers in, were naive in some ways about how they thought this would all shake out with LeVar. When you bring in anybody who you're planning on paying $35 million a year or whatever it might be, you have to do your due diligence on everything. I'm just saying it's something that I haven't heard mentioned a lot, the idea of this guy being sort of a lower-key LeVar Ball. And I think it's something you have to think about. That's all, Brian. Yeah, I'm not, it wouldn't keep me from doing it. But, I'm not uh, saying it would keep me from doing it automatically, but you have to think about the dynamic of, okay, now we're adding a second dude like this. What if you knew he was healthy, though? What if you got really good assurances that, you know, as much as you can get that he's so damn good? I, I would so give up. I would now, if, if you know Those he's claws. healthy, if you know he's healthy, and, they, and I call and I say, Ingram, Kuzma, a pick, and, you know, Dang. stuff. For you're still making them take the hell, the take dang if you it's want a lot that. to give up, man. Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma are going to be very good players, right? They're going to be better than Kawhi Leonard. Pro- probably no. not, but they might be close to as good. Maybe Brandon Brandon Ingram has come a long way pretty quickly. Kyle Kuzma has been putting up like historic type numbers for a rookie. They're really good. They're very good. They're both very good. Probably neither one of them gets to be as good as Kawhi. Leonard. No, but they might be good enough that you'll miss them. That's my point. You know, they might be they might be good enough that even if they're not as good as Kawhi Leonard, the two of them together offer a lot of productivity. They're like, damn, it might be nice to have that around every now. And I'd then. still do it again because I'm 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 also assuming too that um, you know even if I don't bring in those other guys, well now at least I, I'm keeping Randall. I'm doing and I get Kawhi Leonard. Sure. Um, I just this is that thing. What's hard, I think, for Lakers fans, let's, we can talk about this in the context of George too, because George, I think, is a little more controversial than Kawhi, because the problem with Kawhi is you gotta trade something to get him, you gotta give up things to get him. The problem with, with George is that, um, but everybody knows Kawhi's a top five guy when he's healthy. George, it's like, where is he in this spectrum? Because as we've seen with the playoffs, like, all of a sudden, there are like tons of amazeballs players out there that are like, Younger and ascending and, and all this stuff. And some people point to Ingram, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell and, uh, Simmons and Embiid and all these guys. They're like players seem to be everywhere. Like where exactly is Paul George on the list of, of elite players or good players or whatever? And how many more good players do you need? If well, the you, list if always changes. <laughs> I mean, the You're list, right. Okay. It's so it's rapidly changing. And what's hard, I think, for fans is like for the last three or four years, it's all been hypothetical. You know, you can take your Lamarcus meeting however many times you need to schedule it. <laughs> you can take your Lamarcus meeting and, you know, and we, as we did, can sit here and say, well, this is dumb. What is Lamarcus Aldridge going to do for this garbage team? Um, other than make them slightly yeah, we, less garbage. Yeah, I mean, we, has, kept makes, ce- we kept celebrating old. when they would get turned right. down. Thank God they're terrible at this. Can you imagine if they had had Carmelo and, and Lamarcus? Oh my God. This <laughs> is like, and Powell, who they also tried to keep. Like, you know, it was, it, but it's all been hypothetical. Now it's like it's the time when you have to spend your money. You have the Lakers are at that point where they're going to become committed to the choices that they make, and once that happens, again, just like it is in real life, 
it's easy to do it until you got to, whoa, okay, now this is really what it's going to be. Do I still, do I really feel comfortable about all this stuff? And George, what's fascinating about him is like LA got a little shook on Paul George this yeah. postseason. Oh, yeah. Our, our, the second half of the year and into the postseason, LA got real we have shook seen on Paul a George. A lot of reaction on Twitter at Cam Brothers with some people having sort of proactive buyer's remorse on Paul right. George that they don't even have. Right. And I get it. And I, I'm not saying I agree because ultimately, when you, when like the rational part of your mind goes through it, you're like, okay. Who else is available that's better? Probably no one. You know, uh, you know, you need guys, you need two or three guys like that. He's at the bottom end of one of the guys like that. The Lakers need people to validate the franchise by coming here. Still. I don't think they do to anymore. Some, not the way they used to. to say, I think they still need it. Not, I, not the way they used to, but I still think when you make this plan and you, and as much as they've sort of chilled a little bit on the, um, you know, the, the, the the two max tamper train <laughs> you know they still need it's still there and over this year and next year whatever they need to attract some people i think to to validate what they're saying i, I don't hold actually on disagree to, hold on that for i, I don't actually agree with you on that so you think if, they, if you think after everything that they've been saying and everything that they've been talking about if they don't get a free if they don't can't attract somebody here this year. Can't attract somebody here next. As long as the young core keeps getting better in the way that doesn't damage the brand. No, that doesn't damage. No, what they got. I, they, I disagree. Just think, they, you know, go ahead. But I, I just don't think you're right. Is if you have good players and the team is getting better, people are excited. I mean, we've seen. I mean, we've seen so much feedback from fans, whether you know on radio or, or through social media, whatever. We've seen so many fans say that they just want to keep this young core together. And see how it shakes out. That that's proof right there that the validation that seemed required before isn't there the same way. Part of the reason they needed LeBron, they needed Paul George, they needed validation is because it seemed unfathomable that you'd even want to. Join. Some of that, some of that, I I understand what you're saying, but some of what you're saying is tied to what I was just talking about with Paul George. In that, as long as the Lakers don't make significant moves, as long as they don't make the thing that's like, okay, we are essentially all in now you're still working with potential you're still working with the possibility but it's not a, but it's not potential from a place of desperation but it's, though, but where it's it not used to be okay fine but it's still you're still the psychologically it's still you're working with potential and i'm talking about from the fans perspective you're still working with potential and i think part of the reason we get so many responses of just let it grow it looks like it because it, it, you are still kind of kicking the can down the road two or three years where you can allow the possibilities to like they could develop into this, 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 and this, and the potential, it's all still potential. The minute you start, you know, signing LeBron, signing Paul Georgia, this is the team. And it's either going to be good or it's not going to be that's good. Fine, it's not going to be, that, it's but not that's not what I'm talking about though. I'm talking about validation of worth for the organization. But your validation of the worth is coming from what the fans think about the young core. And I'm saying what the fans think about the young core is not going to, it's not going to stay static if this, if the core doesn't develop. But if they do, they're I'm going said, to, the I same said, fans, as long, I said as long as they develop, as long as they do. But they have to develop into a championship caliber team. And the odds of that happening with this group, 
developing into a championship caliber team without augmenting with these other guys is not very high. And those same people who are saying you don't have to validate the organization because the young players there are going to turn on them as soon as they don't and say, well, why the hell didn't you go get these three or four guys when they're available? Nobody wants to play for the Lakers anymore. That's how it's going to work. It depends on, I guess, the ceiling. I mean, it really depends on the ceiling. If they, if they're looking like a Western, if they, in three years, are a perennial threat to, at the very least, get to the Western Conference Finals, they're not going to be seen as a but, team lacking validation. I, but, I'm but, sorry, again, they're but not. But that's my point, is you're still, t- from a pers- from the fans' perspective, you're saying, in three, like, I can sit here and wait for three more years for this to develop. You know, I, that, in, you're, cause you're not making a commitment to something that basically says, this is what we are. This is the and way, so, but I, this anyway. is the way I look at it. The Knicks are a team in need of validation. They desperately need validation. I think just need, they need more validation. The, I mean, the, the Lakers to some degree have admitted that they need people to show up, that they need to sell, you know, finish the sales job that they've started. Even they've, you know, they're not as desperate sounding as they used to be because they're not as desperate as they used to be. But, you know, when you go back to exit interviews, they still made it pretty clear, like, we need to close the deal. We need to get people here to but turn this into But at the same time, a- Rob Palenka literally said to your question about validation that that's not what, that's not what defines it. He literally said that to you. I understand that. But they've also said other things. You know, okay. I, I don't think because you know, again, you don't want to sound completely desperate. But they've also made it very clear they think they need people to show up. They, but they need people to show up. I think in terms of competitiveness, I don't consider that validation. I consider them separate. We things. can argue about terms then, but I, you know, so where, where were we before that? Paul George. Um, you know, I just I think that you know people are you know you you have to figure out like where people are shook because he didn't play. He was terrible in the second half of the season, and was inconsistent in the playoffs had a couple really good games and some really bad ones i think fans are like where okay if we get george what else do we need like how good does our number two need to be can george be our two do we need lebron do we need ingram to quickly get better than george and be our number two like if you if you if you're going with you you need three kind of thing I think more people look at George now as the third guy as opposed to the second or certainly not the first. Well, then let me ask you this. If, if you're doing your, your back channeling tampering, which we very much hope the organization is doing. They need to be. And you're starting to get really early, pretty credible signs that LeBron is going elsewhere, mm-hmm. that he's not coming to the Lakers. Do you, do you go after Paul George? Yes. But, and I, and I, I go after him. For the reasons I mentioned, he's as good as you're going to find. He's still a very good player. Um, I just think, I think he's been elevated maybe a little past what he ought to be. Still very good. I think you need, you at some point need to just start adding to this because otherwise you're just kind of waiting on development. You're hoping none of your own guys have injury. I, I, I think they need to make moves. Um, and I, you know, he makes you better. And I, but at the same time, I think he's somewhere between the woohoo, it's a slam dunk, it's LeBron James, it's Kevin Durant, and the Hassan Whiteside. Everybody shows no, up there. right. No, you know, absolutely, that's what I'm saying not. he's 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 not at the Hassan Whiteside when Miami no, he, shows up at that meeting where they're going to sign him that contract, and everybody in the room goes, "I don't like this." 
Paul George isn't that. No, no, but he's I'm saying just he's, not, he's, he's so just far, not LeBron. Right, but he's so far from Hassan Whiteside that it's not even worth bringing. Right, so I'm, I, I, I sign him, I, and I and I do it, and I think it's a good summer for the Lakers, and then you re-sign Randall, and you look towards next year to how you can improve things, whether it's trades or whatever. Um, but I un- all I'm saying is I understand where the trepidation comes sure. from because George is going to cost them the same amount of money as you know the max guys and i i'm just starting to think he's a notch below to where if you're going to have him you're going to need more you're going to need better toys around than you would with a more dominant star i mean thankfully though the lakers are at least in a position where some of the young players assuming they develop the way they're tracking to potentially they're cost controlled for a while so that definitely they're helps a couple as far years as that, I mean, as far many, as it's people. like you got sign randall this year you have Two, two more years with Ingram. With Ingram and three more three with, with Kuzma, Lonzo, Hart, and Kuzma. Kuzma. Um, yeah, look, they're in great shape. Yeah. Um, we we would be remiss, by the way, uh, even talking about LeBron at all without talking about what's going on in the playoffs um, with LeBron. And they're 1-1. One one. They're playing game 1-0. Uh, they won game one in Toronto. And if uh, Toronto did a very bad job in game one, Andy, of Closing. trying to uh, show people that they are not scared of Cleveland Oof. and uh, don't choke whenever they see them. They are now 1-7 in their last ga- uh, eight games at home against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah, it's not good. Um, big picture here. Let's say... I, I, Let's say LeBron gets out of this series. I'm right. not saying the Cavs. I'm saying LeBron because it's the same. Yes. <laughs> he gets to the Eastern Conference Finals against either Boston or Philly. Yeah, the game two of that is also today. Uh, today. Uh, two tough challenges either way because clearly at this point Boston is just a beast. Man, they they they're certainly uh, they're better than you thought they'd be right now. Yeah, I mean they don't have Jalen Brown in their winning games. Terry Rozier is just like the greatest player of all time. If LeBron can get through, I this this is rem- one of the most remarkable achievements because this team is garbage. Yeah, it, it we. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, Brian, when, when we were prepping for today's show and talking about what LeBron's doing right now. If somehow LeBron can will this team into the finals, where I think they will inevitably lose to either Golden State or Houston, like I, I don't, I would not give them much of a chance against either one of those teams, particularly if it's the Warriors. Actually, getting to the finals with this team would be more of an achievement for LeBron than winning a championship would be for the Warriors. And when you're looking at LeBron's whole... Oh, it's not even close. Yes, and when you're looking... Oh, by that comparison, it's not even close. But but I'm saying I don't think people would make the comparison, and they should, especially when you take into account this would be LeBron's second time carrying a team that has no business getting to the finals that far. It would be the second time. I can't think of a player, certainly in modern NBA history, who's ever done that. And you can give me it's the East, you can get whatever, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. That, is, team is, that is staggering to do twice. There are nights when LeBron shows up with this crew, and his second best player is Kyle Korver. Yes. I mean, his second best player in this game was either Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson or Jeff Green. Jeff Green sometimes. You, you want, I mean, do you really want to be rolling the dice on a regular basis with Jeff Green? No. A- ask no, all I, the multiple teams he's played for how that goes. I don't want to roll the dice once with <laughs> Jeff Green. I'm just saying, like, people would end up focusing. If, if this scenario happened, Brian, and LeBron got to the finals and he lost, 
instead of really focusing in on what he did and being like, oh my God, that is remarkable. That is remarkable that he has done this twice. The inevitably the focus would be three and six in the finals. Well, we have a we have a really annoying habit. Count the rings. What's well, not just to count the rings? It's the 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 converse converse of that is it's count when, the finals. <laughs> when did you lose the ring? Right. When you know, and so you know, LeBron has one series where the Dallas series that was a bad series for LeBron, where he probably was you know should have been should have won that series like that. A LeBron led team that was pretty good should have won that series over Dallas. I think. Um, so I, I will put that on the negative side. The rest of them that he's lost, generally lost to the better team. And once he beat the better team. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we have a really bad habit, the Royal Wee sports fan, of punishing. And sports media. Sure. Of punishing people for getting close to winning more than we do for not getting there. Like, there are exceptions. You may have heard, Andy. Chris Paul has never made it past the second round of the yes. playoffs. People sometimes point that out. But generally speaking, we crush people more for getting there and, and losing than we do for not getting there at all. Yeah. And it's weird. It's stupid. It's so stupid. And again, like if LeBron can manage to do this, and I and I still think I still think the Raptors are going to end up winning this series. They could. But win tonight. They, oh, they have to win tonight. <laughs> but if that somehow happens. I don't want to get into the whole LeBron versus MJ thing. It's tired. It's stupid. It's cliche. But that that is, in its own right, as bulletproof an achievement as you can come up with, again, in modern NBA history. I can't think of anybody who's done anything just comparable the, just like the, that. Just the seven in a row is amazing. The eight in a row with this team would be uh, unbelievable. Um, we mentioned, um, and by the way, I, I want LeBron. I mean, I know people still, it's, it's too much baggage. It's, it's, you have to, are, are you people watching what this guy is doing? <laughs> Speaking by the way, I don't care. Look, I get it. You know, LeBron is big boy management, like our Palinka and Magic ready. We've had that conversation. Luke he's, Walton ready. Luke Walton ready. He's passive aggressive. He's all these things. You got to put everything around him. He's going to be 34 next year or something, something like that. Something. There's a, there's a lot okay. that comes with bringing LeBron to but your team. Are, are you watching what the hell that man is doing on the court? So even if he, let's say, let's say there's a, we're at the beginning of the slow decline for LeBron. He's, but if, if, if the, the decline is reasonably slow, uh, and there's no catastrophic injury, which it doesn't appear there's going to be because he's a robot. Then they're they're going to be regretting this deal when he's fifty. Right, he's he's forty five. <laughs> he's forty five years old, and LeBron is now the seventh best player in the NBA. Well, I mean, at that point, he's really being carried by his son on the same right. team. Like, when, when, like there are going to be times when you wonder if LeBron Junior is getting tired of carrying LeBron Senior. So let's just let's just dispense with this nonsense about how we don't want LeBron in Los Angeles because he's going to fall off a cliff. He's not good. Good enough. He's a he's too much baggage. He's it's really good. Your, set your Kobe love aside. Set your nervousness aside. Like you're you're worried about Paul George, and maybe you're like, but you'll still bring him in. And now you're not going to do LeBron. Shut up, people. All right. Anyway, speaking of the finals, too, uh-huh. it's not going to end up happening. But after watching uh, Utah's win over the Rockets yesterday, I decided the finals that I really want is Jazz Sixers. I want to see Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons already Just, against each other in the finals. Th- there's, it, it seems to Donovan be, Mitchell's I mean, well, amazing. I, and Embiid had good moments in Game One. Boston, I just is, is just one of these machines. They're very San Antonio-ish in the sense of it. As long as they have a, a little bit of talent, they're so Man, well. Brad coached. Stevens is a good coach, yeah, and and they're so they're so good at what they do. But you know who else is a good coach? Because I know you want to go here. 
Brett Brown and Quinn, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. And, uh, Snyder. Let's hold off on coaches for just a second. The young group of guys who are like joining the the, the league right now and are, are ascending seem to not quite buy into the no, you have to wait your turn thing. Like no, they're like F turn. Yeah, I mean F taking turn. Embiid F waiting your turn. Not only thinks he's good enough to do it. Whatever, went out in game one. You know, I didn't know they didn't win the game, but. Like he's been great. Joel Embiid not only thinks he's good enough, he is very uh, open with telling you, "I'm good enough because I'm better than, than you. you." And it's like you know, it's it's one of these things. Where I had this debate. We were we had uh, where I was talking with Amin you know, a week or two ago on on air. You know, like this idea, like we always look at well, you need the experience. It's certain, no question. Sometimes things happen in the playoffs where you just haven't seen it before. So, like, oh, okay, I didn't know how that was, and that. Five minutes, that ten minute, one game, whatever it might be, for you to understand. Oh, that's what this is. Can be the difference between winning and losing. We, we saw that no eight with the Lakers. I mean, the, totally the, get the it. Celtics in the end were a better team, but the lack of playoffs sort experience, of understood it better. They were Ray right. Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. You know, they, a couple of the guys like James Posey. I mean, they just understood this stuff better. Right. But like, sometimes experience is not good experience. Like, is Paul George leaving this playoffs? He's leaving with more experience. Is he going to look at game seven as like a good experience? Like, does like, game gonna, six, game six, right? As, as like, well, that's something that I can carry with me and like will will help me maybe maybe I mean maybe. he said himself he wasn't aggressive enough that's something you something you can learn from, from whatever but like you don't automatically now people are gonna be looking okay what do you got it's close out game win or die what are you gonna do and he was terrible so that's that's the context we look at him now Chris Paul everything we look at him okay well you suck when the playoffs get really James Harden right. has that reputation and so all experience is not good experience and so for guys like Embiid and Donovan Mitchell and and Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown Jalen Brown Jason Tatum, Tatum. Terry freaking Rozier, like they seem to show up and be like, well, my experience is that when I get to do my thing, I always kick your ass. And I don't care who you are. I kick your ass. And so I'm, I, the, the, you know, Anthony Davis came you know, into the playoffs this year. I realize they're down 0-2. And we'll get to that in a second. But like his experience is like throughout most of his professional careers, I will kick your ass. And what has he done in the playoffs? He went to Portland Look, the, and he, I will kick your ass. The first, the first year, I think it was, what is it, 15 or 16, when the Warriors swept them? It wasn't because Anthony Davis didn't no. show up. Anthony Davis showed the he hell was, up. Right. Um, and so, and so I think what, it's a, it's an amazing time for the league because now you're pairing those guys with Quinn Snyder, Brad Stevens. And remember, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are not playing, and they have more draft picks coming, and they have... Brett Brown is clearly here to stay. They have these guys. They're these coaches that appear to be in a really unstable league, legacy-type coaches. And I actually would put Luke in that category of a guy who you can very easily picture being in one place for 10 or 12 or 15 years and building what is considered a a program and an ethic like San Antonio, Dwayne Casey in Toronto. I mean, the- yeah, I think he's earlier, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not putting him in that category yet because I think Toronto has seen more upheaval. I think it wasn't okay, that long enough. ago fair where enough. Dwayne Casey was going to get fired, right? Um, but you know, where you know, Eric Spolstra has a program in Miami okay. where I think I he's established and, and all that. To have four or five of those in the league, and I think for the Lakers to legitimately be in that in that space, because I again I see Luke as potentially one I of agree. those guys. I agree. Is an amazing thing for the league to have. Yeah, and particularly in markets like that where it's it's sort of distributed between 
the the big ones, the little ones like Utah. I think San Antonio's ethic hopefully survives pop, however long that goes. You got that in Golden State. Golden State, I think, is another good example of it. Where where you just you have the combination of really good young players and really good young. All right, coaches. you know what they. Not necessarily, great. not necessarily young guy or young uh, players, but as far as just a program that is stable is Rick Carlisle in Dallas. Sure, I mean that's not going anywhere. No, that, it's a good example. It's, it's one people don't remember because they're terrible. But Mark Cuban's not firing Rick Carlisle. No, and Rick, Rick Carlisle is going to be there. I'm guessing for quite some time, or until he decides I've had enough of this. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> if you missed our last podcast and you did. Because everyone did, because of technical problems. Uh, and we made bold predictions. In our no, life. that was two podcasts ago. Oh, we made the bold, that one. No, people heard the bold. Oh, people prediction. heard the bold. Oh, people heard the bold predictions. Oh, good. They, they missed. They missed the one that we recorded. That basically would have been the beginning of the second round. Oh, that's excellent. No, news. people heard the bold prediction. Ah, oh, right. So the bold prediction from Andy I've was been, that the I've been Warriors tweeting the hell out of that thing. Was that the the Warriors were going to lose to the Pelicans in the second round? In the second round, the Pelicans and the, were going to be Pelicans. And the first the thing that needed to happen was the Pelicans taking out the Blazers, which happened. And for yes. a second, you look like a damn genius. Well, they swept. Yeah, they swept the Blazers out. So yes, I have been tweeting that podcast out a lot. And that's that's you were like. Bring it, people. Mm-hmm. I think what we've learned is that, and because the give it up to the Pelicans, they played a really good game in game two. Yes, they did. And you look at like Drew Holiday is another guy who's like, oh crap, Drew Holiday is really good. And you and I have always been like Drew Holiday is good. Yes, um, Anthony Davis is freaking unreal, and Drew Holiday is like really good. And like you know, like, Rondo's played really well. Antoine Moore's like, played playoff. Well. Rondo is like this. Thing Miritich, right, and and you know Alvin Gentry is an weird thing treasure. I've noticed about Miritich, and this I will readily admit this makes absolutely no sense. Mir Nikola Miritich seems taller to me now since he shaved his beard, and I, no, don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's weird. I think things like that drastically change how we look at people. But how would you seem taller without a beard? I can see where you seem younger. Your face is higher. The bottom, what appears to be the bottom of Nikola Miritich's face mm-hmm. is now like two inches. So his neck seems higher. longer now? His neck seems longer and his face looks higher up okay. on his body than it used to. All right. Okay. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's why. Okay. Um, are you still sticking, Andy, with your big prediction that the Warriors will lose to the Pelicans? Cause Andy, as we know, it's a series doesn't begin. Until a team loses on its home floor. Well, I mean, it also doesn't begin until the road... Right. Technically speaking, this series between the Warriors and Pelicans has not started. Well, I mean, more specifically, a series doesn't begin until the road team returns home down 0-2. Right. I mean, that's the old Because the they have won. Yes. Oh, right. No, I mean, in a lot of ways, they have Golden State exactly, exactly where they won. Yeah. Because... The series hasn't started. Look, all you need to do is beat Golden State four out of the next five, five games. Times. I don't see what the problem is. Including twice... On, on their, their floor. floor, at which point, Andy, no, no, at no, which point, actually, once you beat them on the floor, on their floor, the series will have actually started. Yes, because it hasn't started yet. Yes. So, are you sticking with your prediction? Yes. <laughs> no, look, you beat them four times in a row, and then you don't have to beat them twice on their home floor. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying you have to plan this correctly, and I, I trust Alvin Gentry to recognize that the plan should be beat them four times in a row so you avoid the second time having to beat them in a game seven on their floor. It's kind of obvious. So my bold prediction 
which admittedly was not as bold as yours, was that we wouldn't get Cavs Warriors. I'm still sticking with that. So who takes out the the Warriors? The Rockets? No. Cavs won't make it. You said before that you thought the Cavs were going to make it. Did I say that? Yes, you did. You said you were more sure than ever about the Cavs. No. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you did. No, I've always been. I said we I said we wouldn't get that series. And I thought the Cavs would lose. I just wasn't sure who could beat them because I'm still in that space that like most of America is where like I know they're not good. I know they were like I'll, I'll listen to the defense. tape again and I and I will clarify on Twitter if you happen to be correct. I just I said I I we would one of those two teams would lose. And obviously it would be Houston that would beat um Golden State if it gets I'm to that. I'm pretty sure you said you thought the finals were going to be Houston Cleveland. I'm no, I don't, sure. maybe I did. I don't know. But all I'm saying is... I say a lot of things. I, right. And that was weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, weeks ago. And most of what I say is is not worth remembering for more than a day. Um, but I, so I, I, I don't... But I'm still in that space where it's like it's hard to... Intellectually, I know Cleveland sucks. And they were 28th in defense and you can't fix all these things. And when Kyle Korver is your second best player for any game, let alone many games, you're not good. I still don't know who's going to beat them because Toronto looks completely spooked again. But I mean, like they gacked that game away. Yes, they did. Um, you know, Boston may not be good enough. Although if they get past Philly, I think we need to stop talking about it like they're not good enough, and yeah. they'll have home court. And Philly would have home court. And if they get past Boston, who's obviously very good, that means they're good enough to beat Cleveland. But it's still like LeBron puts up a freaking tw- triple double every night, and you're like, eh, they keep winning, and he's ha- he is hard at the end of the day to bet against. Right, he I just is. I know he's gonna like, I, like I know in my mind he's gonna lose, but I just can't figure out when he's gonna lose, and so therefore I guess he's not gonna lose. It's anyway. very difficult to bet against LeBron. It is in the same way that it's very difficult to bet against the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, this to is reiterate the series. Hasn't no actually started. No, it's my favorite. I mean, it's, it's essentially favorite expression. It is essentially a zero zero yeah. series. It's right my now. favorite athlete. You know, athletes always just make things. Whatever the terms, whatever world I'm in is the best. This is mm-hmm. exactly where we want to be. It's not a series. The series started in game one. As soon as they threw the ball up in game one, that was the beginning. Um, but you know, Stu so, Gotts had a great uh, before we go a great weekend observation recently after. Uh, the Celtics beat the Bucks in, in the opening round. Right, that four went seven, three. Everybody won yeah, on their home floor. Everyone won their home floor. <laughs> the series never actually started. That's right. They should. Have, we, we don't even know who won that. Um, all right. So we'll be back and next next by probably next week we'll know. Yes. You know, probably some conference finalists are getting pretty close and get a little more clarity on what's happening with the Lakers and we'll look start looking. Well, it's a little early for the draft. I'm not. We're not doing that. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I want to learn who these. guys I'm not going to pretend that we're going to start looking forward to the draft, but we'll do something. It'll be fun. Yep. Uh, and we'll see you over next time.